Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for Doesn't matter how many companies you own, doesn't matter how beautiful you are, doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't matter whatever. All the things of this world, important, nice to have them, do all those things, great. Nothing more important than one thing, your eternal soul. See, the real you, the real me, is not physical. The real me is spiritual. It's using my time, my possessions, everything that I have to expand the kingdom of God, to move people from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. Of God. The only thing that matters in the long run is what choice have you personally made about God? And what did you do with that choice on earth? Today, Pastor Mark uses scripture to enlighten listeners on what's really important in this life. The world is constantly communicating that money, fame, possessions, and success are what really matter in this life. Someday, however, all of these things will fade away and it will just be you standing before God. What kind of testimony will you be able to give for how you spent your life? Was it selfish-driven or service-driven? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his continuing study entitled, Be Ready, Be Working for God. Now, for those of you that are math people, I gave you a little formula. You like formulas. Those of you that fail math, just chill out for a moment. We'll be back to you. If I have a talent, and by the way, how many people in here have talents? All of us, all of us, y'all, all, everyone has a dollar bill. If I have talents and I work, and work always takes some of my time, at the end result of that, profit. I can have talent. If I give it no time, there'll be no profit. I can work hard with somebody else's talent all the time in the world, still useless. I can't be somebody else. I have to take my gifts, my opportunities, and work at them. And working always takes time. So, Pastor Mark, I don't want to take time. I want to do my own thing. Oh, let's go right back to the first thing. You're not your own. The time that you have, God gave you. By the way, we all have an equal amount of time. All of us are busy. You know what I find out, too? Because I know it's from my life. We do what we think is a priority. We always find time to do what we think is a priority. Now, notice, expanding the kingdom of God. Expanding the kingdom of God requires a person to change kingdoms. That bottom line is we use our talents to change their life. Of course, they make the decision. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world 
In the process, you lose your soul. And then Jesus made this statement. There's, there's, there's an answer to it. Is anything worth more than your soul? No. There's nothing more important to you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many companies you own. Doesn't matter how beautiful you are. Doesn't matter how talented you are. Doesn't matter whatever. All the things of this world, important, nice to have them, do all those things, great. Nothing more important than one thing. Your eternal soul. See, the real you, the real me, is not physical. The real me is spiritual. It's using my time, my possessions, everything that I have to expand the kingdom of God. To move people from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. Now, when Jesus was about 12, his parents found him in the temple. He was confounding the scribes and Pharisees. And Jesus made this statement. Listen, you find it in Luke chapter 2. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Well, they probably thought, well, yeah, we got to go home. we got to make some more furniture. He's a carpenter. No, he was talking about spiritual. You see, the business of both Jesus and God was one thing. Getting people into the kingdom of God. Salvation. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. So my bottom line priority to my life and your life with your gifts, your talents, Time, money, passion, possessions, everything we have, even parking cars, is to get people into the kingdom of God. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. You're, you're nearby. Just before Jesus left, he gave a command. And actually you're going to see two commands and a promise today. And Jesus got his disciples together. And for the last three and a half years, he'd been reproducing himself. You know, when a person would leave us, and this is what he did, he was going to heaven shortly, you want to listen to their words. So in Matthew chapter 28, scoot on down to verse 19, notice what Jesus says. If you're a Christ follower, it's your command. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. A disciple is simply a learner under discipline. It's a convert that grows. A growing convert is a disciple. A growing convert is a growing follower of Christ. He says, I've spent three and a half years reproducing myself in you. Now you go and reproduce yourself in others. In other words, be involved in their lives. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Once you become an adult, five, seven, eight, ten, and you understand Jesus Christ, and you make the commitment to be water baptized, then it's from your own spirit. So we'll be baptizing people. If you're not baptized, you need to be. This is a command from Jesus. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's exactly what we're doing in this body. I don't preach too much, although sometimes it's a little mixture, you can tell. But most of the time I'm teaching you, because that's what Jesus did. And we're teaching you everything from A to Z, from Genesis to Revelation. We go through the scripture. That's why our churches are booming and growing, because people are hungry to know the word of God. You're seeing principles. You won't have to come in the judgment seat of Christ days and go, hey, we're going to go over the judgment seat of Christ. And you say, what is that? You already know what it's going to be, and you know what's going to happen there. Why? Because Jesus told us why. 
I didn't tell you. Jesus did. And then he says this. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what is this expanding the kingdom all about? Number one, become a disciple, then go and make other disciples. Just become a follower of Christ, growing one, and then reproduce yourself. You can't be effective with God's talents and opportunities unless I myself am growing in my relationship with God. Then we're to go and continue the ministry and the message of Jesus. What was the message of Jesus? Every person can be born again, and they can change kingdom. Every person can have their life radically changed and go to heaven. That was the message of Jesus. That's what he did. He spent his whole life doing that. And that's what we're to be involved in. So stop and ask yourself today, am I involved in reproducing myself? The best place to start is in our homes with our children, where they see that Jesus Christ is real in the everyday things of life. Now, turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Both campuses, Romans chapter 1. As you turn there, it's just a a book right past Acts. Go through the end of the Gospels, Acts, go right to Romans chapter 1. Paul the Apostle understood this expanding the kingdom of God. He would go everywhere expanding the kingdom of God. Now, go down to verse 15, and I want you to see something. We're to invest our life expanding by sharing the good news. Romans 1.15. That is why Paul says, I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. Verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God for salvation, notice, of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. If you feel obligated or forced to share the gospel. I'm going to share the gospel. I have to share it. Paul says I have to share it. If you feel obligated or forced, nothing good will come from your talents. Nothing. Paul said, I'm excited about sharing. Now, why would Paul be excited about sharing? Because whose life had been changed? Paul's. He was excited about sharing the gospel. Let me give you a couple examples. Sometimes we over-spiritualize this. He says he was eager. It means to have an urgent willingness. God would open doors of opportunity and Paul would go right through them. That's one of the things that God will do for you. He'll open doors of opportunity for you as well as for me. So notice he says, I'm eager. But then he says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You should never be ashamed to say this. I'm in the wrong kingdom. I'm a sinner. I need God's help. See, nobody came to Christ without admitting that. Nobody. So don't be ashamed of needing Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The word ashamed there means which prevents a person from doing a thing. You see, the only person that can change a sinner is God. Notice what he says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of salvation for everyone 
who believes. I want you to write this statement down. Don't forget it. Sometimes we miss it. The powerful gospel, that man's a sinner, they just have to believe, repent, God will change your life. The powerful gospel works 100% of the time if a person truly believes. You have the privilege of presenting the gospel. Don't ever be ashamed that you're a Christian. Don't ever be ashamed that you're a Christian. You know, as we look around our world, the Muslims aren't ashamed they're Muslim. They'll pray three, four times a day anywhere. Many of the cults aren't ashamed. They come door to door. But sometimes as Christians, we're closet Christians. We don't want our neighbors to know. Man, I want my boss to know that I'm a Christian. What? The only thing that's going to change your boss is the same thing that changed you. We're not in the secret service for Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Now, all I do is share. That's all you do is share. And I leave the rest to God. Remember this. The power is in the message. It's not in the messenger. You're not the person that's going to change him. God's word's going to change him. Don't ever put... Don't ever put your faith in a man. I can't change you. I can teach you. But only God can change you. Don't ever put a man higher than he needs to be. Just respect him for what he does. Leave the rest to God. Number two. Invest your life or your talents humbly. Humbly. How could any of us today be proud? How could any of us stand and think that we're something? Let me make a statement to you before I read the scripture. Look at me on both campuses. There are no self-made men or women. You say, oh, yes, I am. I'm a self-made man. Let me ask you a question. What part did you make? (laughs) No, there's no self-made men or women. Notice what Paul says to the Corinthians. What do you have that God hasn't given you? Well, Pastor Mark, I have education. I have a big business. I'm brilliant. I have an IQ of 190. I have people that bow down to me. I mean, I'm the owner. Well, where did you get that? Hard work. Really? From the start? Why weren't you born in India in a rice field with no education? Uh, yeah. So everything we have came as a gift from God. Why? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, and it is, why boast as though it were not a gift? The man with five isn't boasting that he's got five. Over the man with one, it was a gift. By the way, here's a principle If you're multi-gifted from God, you'll be held responsible for multi-gifts from God. To whom much is required, much is given, much is required. Do you know in many ways I'm required more than you? Because I have a responsibility of thousands of people. I don't take that lightly. As a parent, you have a tremendous responsibility of raising those kids. So... 
understand, we, we can't be these individuals. Whatever I have, whatever opportunities, abilities, they belong to God. They're simply His. Now remember, no two servants are alike. That's why the parable. We all have God-given abilities, and we come from different environments, opportunities, genes, heritage, training, mind, heart, discipline, initiative. Everyone's different, but all the glory goes to God. Now, who gives us, who distributes these different talents? Why the five and the two and the one? And the different spiritual gifts that we find in 1 Corinthians 12 or Romans 12 or Ephesians 4. Why, who gives those out? Look at 1 Corinthians 12. You see it right here. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So I have talents. I'm going to be judged on my faithfulness, not on the number of talents I have. Your gifting, your opportunities, individually judged, not against anybody else. Number three, invest your life or your talents, wisely, wisely. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10. You're close by, just back a book. Acts chapter 10. Notice what the scripture says. If you go down to verse 38, we will see how God gifted Jesus. And one thing you need to understand, Jesus came, even though he was fully God, he was fully man. How did Jesus operate? Look at Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and was healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. How did Jesus use his talents? Here's how. He was full of the Spirit, he was led by the Spirit, and he ministered in the power of the Spirit. You see, Jesus Christ, he had gifts but he relied on the Holy Spirit's power to operate those talents and to give them those opportunities. First thing when we expand this wisely is this statement. Expand the kingdom of God wisely. Keep on being filled with God's power. You're in Acts. Go back to verse chapter, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 4. Here's the question. Will we live our lives in the power of God's Spirit or in our own strength and willpower? How effective I am will depend on if I operate wisely in the power of the Spirit. Notice this command, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's such confusion about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. From people saying it doesn't even need to happen today, that's all gone, that was done, cessationist, to other people that are bizarre in their understanding of what this means. Jesus simply said this to his disciples, I'm leaving You can't do anything God has equipped you to do unless you're empowered by the same Holy Spirit that I was. What I needed to do my ministry, you must do. Look at your dollar that you have. You cannot accomplish all the things God wants in your own strength. Impossible. So he says, 
Be filled with the Spirit. Look down to verse 8. Here's the promise. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. That power is, is our word for dynamite. It relates to a power above. It's not man's ability. It's God's. What does it mean to be baptized in the Spirit? What does it mean to keep on filling and having the Spirit of God enable me to use the gifts that I have? What is that like? I have to pray all the time that when I stand here and teach you, it's not in my ability. It's in the power, in the anointing of God's Spirit. By the way, if you know anything about spiritual things, when you hear teaching, you know if it's the person or if it's God speaking through the person. You don't want to hear what I have to say. You want to hear what the Spirit has to say through me. That's what breaks the yoke and why people come to Christ. Now, here's another one. Expand the kingdom of God wisely. Keep taking risks. In other words, steps of faith. Jesus would say this. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. You see, life is filled with two choices. You can avoid taking risks and waste your life. Or you can take risky steps of faith and discover the excitement of serving God. God made you to be a person of faith. You must take risks in your life. When God opens a door, you go through it. You just take risks. By the way, let me ask you a question. Anybody in here ever fail? Could I see your hand? Okay. Now, when you failed and fell down, what did you do? You just got there in the mud and you're rolling. No, you got up and did what? You tried again. There's nobody perfect in this place. We all fail. So we get up and try again. Now, understand that in your life. You're going to, don't, don't get to the end of your life and go, bummer. I should have tried. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Go for it. Last one this morning is this. Expand the kingdom of God wisely by being creative. By being creative. You guys are amazing. You know, we have so many creative people on both of our campuses here at CCM and CCMV. Allow God to continue just to expand your mind. You're a wonderful congregation, so easy to teach to. And the reason is, you're so flexible to change. No, understand this. The methods always should change. But the message never changes. So be creative. Allow God to put things in your mind. Let me, Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 9, 22. Yes, I try to find some common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. Invest the talents in your life humbly and wisely. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark to be ready for God by working for God, all centered around expanding the kingdom. We were reminded that this life is not our own. The Lord presents His people with many opportunities to share the gospel. Are you living with an others mindset today? Our calling as the church is to make Jesus known to the lost by both our word and our actions. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What is your attitude towards this life and view of God? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to invest their lives into the service of the Lord. The good news is our service to Him and others actually yields profit. Don't buy into the world's schemes that this life is all it's about, and it's all about you. Jesus came to live for others, and as His messengers on this earth, we are to do the same with thanksgiving. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear